Get ready to be inspired, uplifted, and encouraged. Welcome to Woman to Woman Inspire, where we sip on tea and dive into the matters of a woman's heart. Grab a seat as we take you on a trip of faith-filled conversations. Hey, 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 it's your host, Brianna, coming to you from Woman to Woman Inspire. I'm excited about today's show. Like I told you earlier this week, this is a show you don't want to miss. Our guests today are two phenomenal people, Jewel, Harold, and Dr. Gary Harvey. Go to our description link and you will find all the information that you need to know about these two. These are two people that you want to make sure that you link up with. Now, come join us as we get into Real Talk. Into our discussion on tonight. So how is everybody doing? I am wonderful, wonderful. Fantastic. Good, good, good. So I, um, I wanted to start talking to you, um, Joel. Joel, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm bad with names. I will pronounce your <laughs> name wrong, so I, I forgive you. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I wanted, let's, I wanted to um, start with you because you have a new, a, a new page on Facebook for singles. So can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that and tell us how you started that? What, what made you go about doing that page? Sure. So I um, am currently the um, leader over, I serve um, as the leader over the singles ministry at my church, which is Truth and Love Ministry here in Jacksonville, Florida. (laughs) And so um, I'm really accustomed to working with the singles and, and, and that nature at my church. And so I thought it was like, it would be a great idea to start a singles group on Facebook because so many Christian singles deal with so many different things in the world, you know, especially when it comes to trying to be single and save without compromising ourselves in the world because the, the climate of dating is is not popular when you're Christian. Um, so I decided to um, create this group. It's called The Waiting Room. The idea came from a book that I um, am working on. And so I, I kind of hesitated on putting it out there. Um, I was a little bit, you know, scared to put it out there. Like, okay, I don't, you know, I, I don't really know if I should put it out in that way or advertise it to other singles. I, I really didn't know if it would catch on the way it did. And then I finally was just like, okay, you know, God hasn't given 
us a spirit of fear, just put it out there because obviously the things you deal with, it could help someone else. So I did. And, you know, I started, I just made a post on Facebook regarding singles and people started commenting and responding. And now we have the waiting room. Oh, wow. Wow. I am a part of that group. So I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Um, What what have you found? What's one of the most common denominators that most of the singers are talking about? Um, I am very, very um, surprised and happy as well at the commentary and the whole, you know, the the commenting on the post, the different discussions that we've had Mm -hmm. thus far. Um, I try to keep it like to where, you know, nobody wants to put all their business on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? <laughs> so I try to be careful in my approach with the discussions. And I said to uh, one of the young ladies that actually responded to the group first, and the question I posed on there um, was, What type of single are you? And um, that was kind of inspired by a, a book that we read at, at the singles read at um, my church which is Dr. R.A. Vernon's 10 Rules of Dating mm-hmm. and we've been kind of reading and discussing that book for a while and it's a great read for any singles um, that are listening um, it's a great read so one of the questions Dr. Vernon poses is um, identifying yourself as what type of single you are you're either single <laughs> you're single and satisfied you're not trying to be married just in you know living your best life as single and you're you're comfortable um Mm -hmm. or single and sinning and single and sinning is the one that nobody really wants to deal with you know that's kind of like the elephant Mm -hmm. in the room so i was a little um kind of a little concerned and timid about approaching that subject because it is you know a subject that we need to discuss Mm -hmm. or talk about um, so I said to one of the young ladies, you know, if you're not comfortable talking, just inbox me, you know, in the group setting. And she kind of just put herself out there. She was very, everybody else started commenting. So I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So people do want to talk about mm-hmm. this. They do want to have the conversation. And it just kind of went from there. So um, the I like the climate in the group. The responses are very, you know, everyone's grown. They're very mature, mm-hmm. but very intellectual you know I I don't get the feel that people are on there just looking for somebody's inbox to slide through you know I get the feeling that you know everyone is really just getting something from this and and feeding off of everyone else's responses and their experience so it's kind of a a comfortable safe learning environment if you Mm -hmm. so we about we've talked about every a whole host of topics um since I started the group which hasn't been very long I think we're a little over a month now Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, the topics vary, um, but all dealing, you know, with being single. So, um, yeah, they're really, really open to all types of conversations. That's good. I, like I said, I've been enjoying it myself. I wanted to, it's something you said. So, Dr. Gary, I wanted to um, pull you in into this. We're both in ministry. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all in ministry, um, but you're an associate. Mm-hmm. I'm an associate pastor as well. So uh, when we talk about the elephant in the room, the elephant in the room. So um, being saved and, you know, you, you you should be waiting, but everybody's not waiting. Right. Everybody's <laughs> just not waiting. Right. Um, and I have right. come across so many people that aren't waiting and they're saved. Um, mm-hmm. And there's more people in the church, it seems to me, that have a problem with waiting than I have um, encounter those that 
don't necessarily profess Christ. What are your thoughts? So I, I think when I approach this, the first thing that I try to remember is I've been all three. I've been mm-hmm. single and waiting, single and satisfied, and single and sinning. And mm-hmm. that that's something <laughs> that first I have to be able to be honest with myself before I can address or approach anybody else. Right. Um, and, and I think that when I was going through the phase where I was single and sinning, it was because I wasn't single and satisfied. And in my opinion, you yeah. can't get to single and waiting if you don't know how to be single and satisfied. Amen. You know, because yeah, you're, if you're satisfied, you're not going to be throwing yourself out at everything that presents itself. You're not going to be caught up with, I need the physical um, gratification. Uh, you know, you're not going to be, and you know, I think we would all be lying if if we pretended like it's not something that everyone desires. Mm-hmm. You know? and, mm-hmm. and so I think that's a common misconception. When we talk about being single and being celibate, and waiting until you're married, and we talk about these different things, we, and in the church in general, a lot of times we forget that we're dealing with real people, that mm-hmm. God has created us in his image. And he's a very emotional God. Like you can see all throughout scripture, the spectrum of emotions that God, you know, expresses everything, Mm -hmm. joy, sadness, anger, you know, all these different things. And he's given us those emotions. Well, if he's given me those emotions, it's okay for me to feel them, but it's not okay Mm -hmm. for me to be controlled by them. Right. If that makes sense. Like Bible says, be angry and sin not. So Mm -hmm. being angry is not the problem. It's what I do as a result of getting anger that becomes the problem. So Mm -hmm. if I'm Mm -hmm. satisfied, if I'm single and satisfied, I'm not going to be putting myself in situations to where I might make a mistake. Like, you know, I know Mm -hmm. as a grown man who has a 16, about to be 17 year old kid this, this month. And, you know, I've, I've been married and, and divorced. You know, I understand the value, the benefit, and just the flat out pleasure of a physical intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, if I set myself up in situations that might be questionable, I, it's, it's almost like premeditated murder. Like right. I, I wanted it to happen. I planned mm-hmm. on it. Why? Because I wasn't satisfied with where I'm at. I'm still mm-hmm. reaching out for other things. And, and so We do have in the church, I think that honestly in the church, we probably have more people. It seems like we have more people that are quote unquote single and sinning than the world does. Mm -hmm. But I think that's because we talk about it so much. Mm -hmm. Like the world just, Mm -hmm. you know, they live their life. If it comes up, it comes up. But Mm -hmm. we, we make it such a focal point. And we make it a focal point in a negative way. Instead of saying that, you know, hey, we know this is a reality. We know this is how you're feeling. We know this is something you desire. Here's some different ways to approach it so you don't mm-hmm. get caught up. That's good. Instead of doing that, we, oh, you're sinning. You're going to hell. You're, li-. well, you know what? I mean, all those things might be true, but you blasting me about it isn't going to make me want to change. You know? That's right. The exactly. other thing that mm-hmm. I think, is some churches, some pastors, it's taboo to talk about. So because they don't want to run people out of their church because they're worried about how many people are there and worried about the Sunday offering, they don't ever address it. So they don't mm-hmm. change 
anyone. They just let them live their life. And then the third is a very practical thing that in today's society, it's very difficult to have a one one person home financially. Right. And so what happens, a lot of couples, they get together, they start dating, they date for a year or so, they move in together, maybe sometime sooner. And they move in together. Now they their day-to-day life is woven into each other. Rent, utilities, food, you know, they budget their money together. And this is all while they're unsaved. Now they get saved. And we expect that now all of a sudden you stop doing what you've been doing, but we understand you have to live together. So I think from a ministry standpoint, we should be more active in trying to help them in a matter of, you know what, if you're really serious about this, then, hey, let's help budget. Let's help you look for a plate, you know, each for your own place, et cetera, et cetera. Because if I'm living with somebody I'm in a relationship with, it's going to be very difficult for it not to get physical. Right. And that's just, Mm -hmm. you know, but we and we expect these people to just you know, move into separate apartments. Well, financially, that's for five years, they've relied on each other. Now all mm-hmm. of a sudden, we want to just split that mm-hmm. down the middle because we say so. Like there's there's practical aspects to helping people get from glory to glory to glory. It's not just spiritual. Right. I think that's good. Um, I think that's real good because a lot of times, like you said, when they do decide to get their life to Christ and they come in and now the the what there's what's shoved down their throats is you need to get married mm-hmm. go ahead and get married mm-hmm. go ahead and get married go ahead and get married and the dangers with that is is because you know each other on this type of level when you go now you're saying yes to the lord now you're gonna deal with things that you haven't dealt with before you know because there's right. things that you heal from that why before you might have coped with it in a different way so it's different things that you're gonna have to go through once you say yes to the lord and so you telling somebody to say just go get married it might not always right. be the right choice just might not always be the right choice and so you know you have two people going to go get married and then i don't want you coming back in my office in five years and saying that now mm-hmm. you're going to get a divorce well why well, why? Mm-hmm. You know, because they change. Ever since we started coming to church, they change. Well, they really hadn't changed. You just don't right. know that side of them. And you now you're realizing mm-hmm. you don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there are different things that I believe that when we bring our people into the into counseling, into the office to counsel them, there are di- di- uh, deeper levels that we really need to right. talk to them about that we don't we we, a lot of times we just hit on the surface of things um but you know I have I have been all three as well and man I can tell you that like you said when I was not satisfied it's it's funny how you can go you know when you first say yes to the Lord you're on my my aunt calls it the glory cloud so you're on the glory cloud and oh no not me I'm I'm dressed in all white you know and um and so now as time goes on it's Send my mate. Right. When you're gonna send my mate, you know, so I go from um being super Christian to just a little bit being satisfied to mm-hmm. now, Lord, when are you gonna send my mate? 
you know, and, and like you said, and if you haven't always, for me, I hadn't always been saved. So I've tasted and seen that I liked what I was doing. Under subjection at one point in my life um, became very hard because there were men that were coming and wanting to be in relationship with me, but right. they wanted the whole relationship. And that was very, that was something that it was very perplexing to me because I didn't think that men in the church wanted to do, uh, was doing things like that. Um, not to, not, not to interject, yeah, but I've, I've been the guy that's been like, well, don't, don't we love each other? Well, you know, as long as, you know, like we're together in God's eyes and we know we're going to get married and we know we like I've been that guy. I hate to say it. I do. I hate to admit it, but I've been that guy, you know, that, you know, what God joins together yeah. and oh, why does it have to be a piece of paper? And oh, I've used them all. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I've heard. Um, well, what's wrong with us doing it on the phone or. Um, we can just do it one time. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with one time. You think I'm going to just date you and not want to be with you? And I'm like, Lord Jesus, if they not going to help me stay safe. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> you know, and after so many times of hearing sweet nothing, right. what, what am I going to do? Like you said, because if I keep putting myself in that situation, why? Because I'm not satisfied. And you are saying some things that I hadn't heard in a long time. And it's right. making me feel good, you know? And so then you have to be careful because then you find mm -hmm. yourself going back to Egypt. That's what I call it, going back to Egypt. Because now you get you saying stuff to my flesh that I really like. And I guess I am going to drop these drawers. But guess what? That's not You're a right. promise of you going to be with me. And we in the church. We in the church. So now I got to go back and work through all these emotions that I, I done got delivered from all this stuff. And I'm going mm -hmm. right back to point A. Because women can't handle it like men can. Men can do what they do and walk away and, and be all right. Or seem to be all right. I, th I, think, I think the seem to be all right um, is more of a true statement. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know from, like I said, from personal experience, I have, um, you know, I've been like one of the darkest parts of my testimony was actually after I started pastoring and I started going through my divorce. Um, mm -hmm. I, I left the church. I left mm -hmm. the pulpit. I left ministry. I left God and I did my thing. And you know, I tell people all the time, like a lot of people, the dark part of their testimony was out of ignorance. You know, they weren't saved to begin with. I was, I was a pastor before I started going down mm -hmm. this road, you know, and it took me a very long time, number one, to get right with God. And then even longer for me to decide that ministry was something that, that I could still do. Um, you know, so I've, I've, I've been there, but every, that, you know, I was in the, and it wasn't always me initiating, you, you know, I, I, you know, it's not, it's not like that. I mean, right. you know, we, you know, myself and, and different people were, and, and, and I say different people, not, not that there's a high body count, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, after any of those interactions, 
regardless of how physical it did or did not get, I, I always had that conviction. I always struggled with that. And not only did I struggle with it, but I struggled with the, did I, did I create a thought process that wasn't fair to the other person or did I allow myself to get attached to somebody that didn't want to get attached? They just wanted to enjoy the night. You know, so there's some men mm-hmm. do do struggle, even though, you know, most play it off as if there's there's no thought process behind it. Um, a lot of us do struggle with the the aftermath, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, sometimes it's just mm-hmm. hard for the woman to see that, I guess. Um, you know, and, I, and it's right, really true. based Very on true. the individual, too. It really is based on the individual. Um, so... I wanted us to talk to about, you know, we're we're single. So what do you guys think the market is looking like? I can I, I mean, cuz I have tried. I know Jewel, you had on the on your uh, Facebook about dating sites. And so I went on a couple and I keep deleting myself because I feel like I'm desperate. Mm. I'm like, I'm out here. I know I look good and nobody's trying to talk to me, you know, and I got to get on this dating site. It makes me feel like something wrong with me if I got to get on here and mm-hmm. do this. So what do you guys think? Uh, you want to take it? Um, <laughs> I, I personally, I, I personally don't do them. Um, <laughs> I, I don't do dating sites and I don't it's nothing against people that do because you know I, I do know some people that um are very content and happy doing dating sites and you know signing themselves up for things like that um and that was one of the questions we actually posed in the group and the the sentiment was you know most it was a couple of people that you know shared their experience and they they you know they do the dating sites but the majority of at least the ladies said that they don't. I personally don't because number one, the day and time we live in where people are crazy when you know them face to face. So the thought of getting to know someone on a computer, I, I don't know if you're being honest about who you are, what you look like, where you really live, you know, those types of things. I don't know your your past experiences. And of course, those are things we have to get to know when we meet someone in person as well. But if you're, you're putting me at a disadvantage when we're on a computer and I can't see. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I personally don't trust them for that reason because it's just you have too many people out there that target those websites, not because they really want to meet their soulmate, but because they are up to no good, you know, and they're using it for ulterior motives. So I personally don't like the, 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 the dating scene online. Um, so I think the market is trash, um, and and that's that's not just the that's not just the dating sites. Um, it's it would it would I would probably have a different feeling if I wasn't saved, and because it is it's much more in my opinion, um, it's much more difficult uh, for a a preacher or not even a preacher, just somebody that's really trying to walk out a Christian life um, to actually find someone, start dating, develop a relationship. And myself personally, I have, I have a preference 
and the area that I live in, that demographic is not available um, very much. So, so my my struggles personally, because of where I live, are compounded by the the lack of my preference, I guess. Um, you know, I'm trying to mm-hmm. trying to say it as nice as possible. Um, <laughs> but um, I think Jewel knows what I mean. Um, but <laughs> I uh, you know, so I, I mean, all of us, we we like what we like, you know. And, and so obviously I don't necessarily believe all the time that the person that God has for us comes packaged exactly how we like, um, you know, sometimes, you know, our type might, might not be what we need and our type might be the problem. Um, but at the, but at the same time, there's gotta be, not only does there have to be a spiritual connection and an intellectual connection, but I do believe there has to be a physical attraction. You know, there, there, yeah. there's got to be some type of physical attraction there for it to work, yeah. ultimately, in, in, in my opinion. Um, now, yeah. I was never one to do the uh, the dating sites, um, but a friend of mine got sick of me complaining about being single. And uh, she started a profile <laughs> for me. And, and I, I met a couple people like she would actually do the initial conversations with people. And then tell him, hey, I'm his friend, mm-hmm. you know, I'll have him, blah, 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 whatever. But there was a couple people that I met that I became good friends with, but I, I never met anybody that I felt like, okay, hey, let's date, let's get together um, in that experience. Mm-hmm. And it was a short-lived experience. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I appreciate that, you know, you said like, hey, you know, what's the, the whole, you asking yourself, what's wrong with me? It's kind of nice to hear a woman say that from a man's perspective, because I've been single for too long. And and you really do mm-hmm. like, like from a man's perspective, we look, you know, we sit back and, and most men probably won't admit this. But but the majority of us men, we think it's much easier for women to find and start relationships than it is for men. Yes, because really? it's yeah. now you may not be able to get what you want, <laughs> but you can always find somebody that would want you is, is our thought process. I'm not saying it's true, but that's, that's yeah. just a thought, yeah. you know? Um, so to, to kind of hear that women have those same struggles, doubts, thoughts, because I'm here like, man, I'm not even gonna lie. I've thought a couple times, like, yo, I thought the anointing was attractive. Like, is it scaring people away? What's going on? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. I mean, not, not to be facetious, but after so long you do, you know, and I'm not young. I, I have a kid going and he's yeah. going to be a senior this year. I've been divorced, uh, you know, like from a relationship standpoint, I don't look like the cream of the crop, you know, and to be able to, and adding kids to the mix is something else too, because my child needs to be just as important to you as he is to me. And if you have children, your children need to be just important to me as they are to you. And finding someone that understands that right. is difficult. Well, you know, oh, sorry. I, I was I was going to say to the point he just made, I think it's, it's, it's hard for both men and women on that aspect, especially your saved because like I said earlier, the, the climate of dating now has changed. It's not popular to date as a Christian or appealing. Like you said, the, the anointing like that, that is intimidating 
for this mm. culture. And I think because we have two things that are really a plus, but in terms of defining the culture right now, it's trash to us because one, we're saved, two, we're seasoned. Like we, we, we've been, right. like you said, we've done the save, satisfied, the save, sinning, the save, wait, we've done it all. So the older right. we get, we don't have that that play in our system. It's like, yeah, we we serious and we we bout it, bout it. And if not, you know, you're not gonna right. make the cut because yeah, you know, exactly. We, like I don't and, at this at this stage in my life, I don't think we need to date for months and months and years and years. I should know within a few months if you're who right. I want to be with. If we right, mm-hmm. as Christians, we we're not supposed to casually date. We date with the intention exactly. of the the finished goal, which is marriage. And I think the 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 culture of today is the the mindset of the youth is wait until you're married is mm-hmm. tradition and i've you know, heard you know my pastor speak on that and you know i have to I have to you know give my my pastors a, a, a shout out you know because when you said you know some pastors they're so worried about their numbers and you know worried about running people off that they don't really speak and approach this subject right. like they should um you know my pastor pastor kobe and camilla nesbitt of truth and love ministries I'm very proud that I go to a church where he doesn't sugarcoat it at all. You know, in fact, his his motto is every meeting we have. Well, we know that the saints are sinning. <laughs> we know that the saints are having sin. Right. Because, right. you know what I mean? It, it, because mm-hmm. they are. Um, so, and I say they saying because, you know, most of us are striving. You know, Jesus coming back any second now to mm-hmm. do the right thing. <laughs> so that's a little bit. But for for the... For the culture, it's more of a young mindset. They don't, they're not, it's a microwave culture. They want everything right now fast. They don't want to wait and work for it. And in terms of a relationship, you have to build that trust. You have to build that bond with the person. And they're just ready to be like, hey, let's hit it and quit it and move on to the next. Because that's the mindset of the culture. So we're not going to fit into that because we think Mm -hmm. differently. Right. And I think a a lot of it has to do with social media. I think so many of us spend so much time on social media and so there are so many cookie cutter women Mm -hmm. you know now you can go and pay to get your body made Um, you know we're in an era where everybody's going to and reaching for higher education Um, it's about your how much money you so for me it's a lot of superficial things that are going on and so when you get into a conversation um, with whoever and you start hitting on those things that are very superficial because like Dr. Gary you talked about preference now my this is my thing and I'm at a I've lived a life and so I've probably just done it all done it all (laughs) you say it I've probably done done it Um, so I'm at an age where I might be 41 but but I'm really probably 55 Um, and so for me I don't want to I, I, I'm not looking at you for what you're looking like. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, do, do I have to be a, yeah, yeah. But I've dated men that were ugly mm-hmm. that I absolutely love because they knew how to talk to me. Right. They knew how to treat me. So guess what? That was my ugly man. It didn't matter. <laughs> and so for me, I'm not one of those women that are out here looking for somebody that looks a certain way because somebody can look a certain True. way and be ugly on the inside. I, you know, God wants to give you, like you say, you um, what you need, but we mm-hmm. keep wanting what we want. And God said, no, but you need this right here because I see what's coming up ahead of you. So you're in ministry. You don't need nobody jealous. Mm-hmm. You don't need nobody who was going to take away 
um, mm-hmm. who you are because they they can't handle it you know and so for me when I start talking to men and I've been single for a long time myself and so but it's because you can't right, run right. game on me you can't come <laughs> at me and start talking and all this surface stuff you think you you got somebody food I'm not I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just not hurt you know, I like to talk about certain things. I like to do certain things. Yeah, when we're in the church, I want to be in a church. But when we're not at church, there are things that I like to do outside of church and have a good time. But there's a balance, you know. And so a lot of the conversations that I have had with some men that have approached me, it's just, it's just for what I call off the wall. Mm-hmm. Don't make any sense, you know. Um, maybe I had a, no lie, y'all. I was on a date on a date he took me out so we're going to red lobsters and i'm i'm walking in and he's checking me out from the crown of my head to the very soles of my feet this man is looking me up and down and so we get in there and we're talking and the man is not he's not my type mm-hmm. my preference <laughs> and um so we're getting in there and conversation i didn't like the conversation but i still i said well lord i'm gonna push past this because maybe it's me because my friends at that time were telling me you know your, your standards are too high you want this whatever and you know so I said let me give it a try so he made a comment to me and he said yeah I like to stay in the gym I said okay that's good I said lord knows I need to get in the gym but and he said well you know if you're gonna be with me you gotta make sure that you're you're always looking good you don't want to walk in the church and have all the women looking at me and then you're jealous because you don't keep yourself <laughs> up oh wow 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 okay <laughs> Wow. That's, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was wild. And so, so needless to say, there wasn't oh, a second. Oh, thing. honey, that no. Just... <laughs> you know, to my, to my preference com- comment, it's it's not just physical. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a, a preference from, you know, yeah, there's a physical aspect to it, but there's also a, um, the way they carry themselves, the background, you know, even mm-hmm. for a lack of better words, even like the attitude that they, they exhume, you know, that, mm-hmm. that is, there's certain things that attract me, uh, to a woman and they're not just physical. Uh, you know, it could be the conversation. It could be the vocabulary. It could be how I saw you treat another person. It could, you know, all the different things mm-hmm. are wrapped up mm-hmm. in, in what I call my preference. Uh, Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like I said, the area that I'm in doesn't afford a whole lot of that. And even fewer are in the church. Now, if I wanted to just get somebody that's unsaved, I could go be dating somebody right now. That's that's not a problem. Right. But I, I understand what my ministry is and what my future is. So I've had to be extremely selective. Um you know, and, and sometimes maybe to my detriment, maybe I've had, I've had opportunity. I believe that I've had opportunities in the past that, that I've missed and I've messed up because I was caught up with an ex, you know, mm. and, That's good. That's you good. know, knowing that, you know, maybe something will or will not, or, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not terribly old, but I'm not terribly young either. You know, so I've, you know, I got a couple miles on me. I've been around the block once or twice and I've learned a few things. And most of those things have been about myself. um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes those are, those are difficult things to acknowledge and, or to to tell yourself, you know what, that relationship would have worked if I wasn't so stubborn. 
wasn't yes. this, if I wasn't that. And we have a hard time doing that. We mm-hmm. want to put it on everybody else in the relationship. Yeah, a lot of times it oh, might gosh. be us. You know what? Maybe I was the crazy, mm-hmm. insecure, jealous one in the relationship. Maybe it wasn't her. Maybe mm-hmm. she did everything she could, and I just kept pushing her away because I had issues. You know? what, what? Right. That's you know? good. That is good. You know, I think that's good because um, I have a women's meeting, a women's women's ministry, and um, one of the things we were talking about was. Um, sometimes it's good too if someone asks you to go out on a date to go and it's just because you need to see if you haven't dated if you haven't been with anyone in a long time and your background is coming from um, a very bad relationship you need to know what's on the inside mm-hmm. of you and you know me taking a going on a date lets me know sometimes if I, if I see you put your phone down and something rises up on the, I mean, turn, turn, turn your phone over and something on the inside of me rises mm-hmm. up. Why, why, why is that rising mm-hmm. up to me? Why do I care that he has turned his phone over? What is that reminding right. me of? You know, things like that. I mean, it is simple things. And so, like you said, we should always be looking at ourselves to see if we still have some things on the inside of us that needs to be healed. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I used to, would pick someone up to take them out to dinner and I would pull into like a McDonald's or a Burger King parking lot just to see how they would respond. Not that that's where we were going to go, but I wanted to see how they would respond. <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I was being petty. Um, I, I would expect some shock. I would expect some, this is where we're going. Like that would make sense to me, you know? Um, but if they were like disgusted that that's where they went, I took them home. Mm. And it, it's kind of like the uh, the Bronx Tale, you know, test. The once you put her in the mm-hmm. car and walk around to the other side, does she lean over to open the door for you? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was kind of like that mm-hmm. for me. I went through a phase where I was like that because I I just felt like people weren't interested in me; they were interested in my resources. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and you know, that's to me. I think that's almost like a catch. Uh, I don't want to say catch twenty two, but when you depending on a person. Mm-hmm. True. So I had someone. Um, they they actually took me to McDonald's. They picked me up and they said, "Hey, we're going to McDonald's." And I was like thinking to myself, "He's got to be kidding." But that's where we went. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Well, at least can we go in and sit down?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and depending on a person's background, because he was like you, because he felt like every woman that he had taken out wanted to go to these fancy restaurants and wanted to do all this stuff, spending money, and nobody really wanted to know who mm-hmm. he was. And so for me, I, I, you know, it didn't bother me, but for some people who have been treated mm-hmm. at McDonald's all the time. Right. And then they, you are a breath of fresh air, and then you take them there. It's like, shoot, man, right? No, and I understand that. And it's just like the whole turning the phone over thing. Like for a long time, I would turn the phone over when I would go out to eat with someone, not because I was hiding something, but because I didn't want to constantly be looking at it every time it flashed. Like to me, that was right. rude. And so I would just turn it over so I wouldn't have to pay attention to it. But then 
there was one young lady that I was at dinner with. She specifically asked me about it. And she was like, are you are you hiding something? Are you trying to, you know, is somebody trying to get a hold of you? And I had to explain that to her. And so once I realized that, it got to the point where most of the time it would stay in my pocket or I'd even leave it in the car. So it wasn't even a question mm-hmm. while we were at dinner. Yeah. So I want to throw this out here. So, you know, I have a thing where because I've been single for so long and you know, God is awesome. You know, he completes me like he, nothing I need, he doesn't provide. Um, and even my wants, is, you know, he, he's just awesome. And so the more that as years have went by and I have been really just really throwing myself into his presence and just letting him love on me the way that I need to be loved. Um, now I look at men and I look and I think about the Ephesians 5 uh, man and I have gotten into debates or arguments or you know conversations um, where men say well you know um, that doesn't make any sense so and, and what I'm saying is that the husband should love his wife as much as Christ right as much as it's the church, Christ loves the church. Okay. But you're can't men have to be able. Now this is just this is how I feel and this is how I interpret the scripture. Um men have to be able to minister to a woman's need. Now that means that if you got married today, and I'm writing a book. Um, it's going to touch on this, but you got married today and she's everything that you wanted, but y'all got married. And, you know, of course, now you're living together and you're finding out more things about her. And there are areas where she hurts, where she needs healing. And now you're faced with the task of, man, I didn't know you was jealous. I'm just use that for an example, you know, cause you're a minister, you're a pastor. And so you have to minister to your congregants. You have, you know, nine times out of 10, you got more women in the church than you have men. And you find her getting jealous, but she's not jealous necessarily because of something you've done to her, but it's because of something she brought into the relationship from her past. Now, men should be able, now this is my opinion, men should be able to minister to where she's at, where she's at, minister to her where she's at. What do you think is the difficulty in that, especially being a ministry? Myself? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so myself personally, I think that number one, each party has to recognize what they bring, what baggage they bring into the relationship because everybody's bringing something in. And um, I remember I was in one relationship and we were talking and they had told me about some stuff they had gone through. And I said, listen, I said, I understand that I didn't do X, Y, Z to you. And I understand that there's going to be things that trigger that and you're going to respond as if I did, you know, you're going to blame me for what some, for the plate somebody else broke, so to speak. Now, Mm -hmm. I do believe, especially if marriage is involved, uh, especially that there has to be that ministry, that ministry has to be at home. So even if I'm pastoring a church, I have to be pastor and prophet to my home before I can be at anywhere else as a man. Yes, Lord. And so it's going to require a lot of patience. 
it's going to require that doesn't mean that frustration's not going to be there it doesn't mean that some nights you know we're going to go to bed facing the opposite sides of the you know the bed and facing opposite walls like what a lot of people don't understand is just, just because you're married doesn't mean you like each other all the time um you may Man. love each other um deeply but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you like each other all the time and marriage is you know in that loyalty that faithfulness that commitment is staying that way long after the emotion in which you started passes so yep. while i have to deal with the jealousy okay so what's what's called your example like ministering and i've got all these women in the church and and she becomes jealous because of let's say a previous relationship um the guy she was with focused on everybody but her so so mm-hmm. now she's feeling like hey that's a red flag and and you know oh my goodness the same thing's going to happen and what's he doing who's he talking to and oh he's spending a whole lot of time with sister so and so and you know so okay well how do i combat that well a couple different ways obviously i'm going to have a, i'm going to have a very frank conversation with her. very frank and i and not to explain or justify myself but i want to know how are you feeling why are you feeling that way what is it that i'm doing that's causing that okay now that we've determined i, I got gotcha. you listen i won't take calls after such and such time of night i won't take you know they, like certain there's certain things that i can do to accommodate while she heals and in order for she for her to heal and for me to minister to her she's got to be able to trust me and she's got to be able to see that i put her above everybody else and and so there's a lot of different ways to do that and and what not but the the key point is that as as the man as the husband i need to be doing that she is my her and if we have children my wife and my children are my first priority not that congregation and i have to be pastor and prophet to my my family before i can ever think about being that to the church and if i okay. sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry then i've missed the whole point that's good that's good that's good joe what do you have to say about it um i i agree with pastor gary your first ministry is at home um and and that's kind of like the blueprint god laid out for us you know it's it's the spouse and then you know your family you know then you know the church so um him first your spouse and then the church in the order so he kind of laid that blueprint out and whenever we veer outside of that we're going to always have a problem Mm -hmm. um in terms of what you were saying about you know in that scenario i think because i've been on both both sides of the spectrum um of that situation i'm i'm not a jealous person you know in terms of being insecure of my husband is serving in ministry and having to deal you know with people or women on that level I, I can handle that, but unfortunately, I had the, the, the flip side of the coin where even though I trusted, I was being taken advantage of mm-hmm. because it was things mm-hmm. Um, So because of that, of course, that's going to always be kind of like, I don't want to say a thorn in my side because, you know, God heals, so he's healed those wounds, but certain things will arise for me because I've gone through that. You know what I mean? Certain things are triggers or, you know, will be like, okay, hang on. This is, like you said, a red flag. So I think in those situations, 
it, the man does have to take the initiative, like Pastor Gary said, to make his wife comfortable, to show her she's first, and to never, you know, once those boundaries and foundations are set, to not put anything before that. So he has, he may have to do extra to make her comfortable with mm-hmm. the trust, you know, the tr- building the mm-hmm. trust factor. But I feel like at that point, if you're in a marriage with that woman, you've known about those trust issues way before in the dating phase and you proceeded on. So at that point, he's committed to doing that. And I think as long as the husband is committed to doing that and vice versa, if it's, if it's something that the man, the man has dealt with, the husband has dealt with in his past, and, you know, he, he may say, well, you know, you get mad, you slam doors. I don't like that. I, I've, I've dealt with that issue before because I was a door slammer. <laughs> but I was a door slammer because it's like I would deal with situations that were per se, I'm being bullied and beat up on and I never really knew how to how to defend myself in those situations. So it's like, you know, that's how I became a poet. I wrote, I put it, you know, I whipped people up on paper. <laughs> but I got, you know, I'm going to go in the corner yeah. cry about it and once I write a poem about it, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to tell you what. Uh-huh. But, you know, that confrontation part of it, I've never liked that. You know, I never liked arguing, never liked confrontation. So that was my way of letting off sleep, off steam. Before I bake you that apple pie or throw that hot grits on you like grandma did, I'm going to slam this door. Well, I, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and so, so that was kind of like a defense mechanism. But once it was said, well, I grew up in a house where I never heard my parents argue. My mom never slammed doors. I don't like it. Okay, that was, that was you know, my cue to say, okay, he doesn't like this. I'm going to stop. But at the same time, I want you to recognize why we're doing, you know, why it was a problem so that we can get to the root of the problem and not just deal with the reaction. I was Mm -hmm. in in my marriage. This is early in my marriage. I uh, both both of us came from homes where like my parents originally my parents were divorced her parents were divorced she was in a very abusive situation as far as like her not her dad but her at the time her mom's boyfriend she saw a lot of violence and you know etc and there was one day her and I were arguing about something and I got so mad that I wanted to throw something and so I real quick in my mind I looked around to see what I could throw and there was like a glass vase (laughs) And so two things went in my mind. If I throw this vase, it's going to break. I'm going to have to clean up the mess. I don't want to do that. That was that was the first thought, honestly. And, and the, the, the second thought was, you know, this might be reminiscent of what she's experienced. Right. So I didn't throw the vase. Instead, I grabbed a bag, a gift bag that was for a baby shower she was going to. And this and I threw it as hard as I could up against the wall and it had two bibs and an empty bottle in it so all it did was flutter two feet and fall to the ground and completely (laughs) anticlimactic but it stopped the argument you know and you know I've been I've come from a situation where you know I've had to deal with you know my my ex's you know infidelity and you know so to address that in a new relationship you know, to combat some of those things, I'm, I'm very open and honest. Like, listen, 
this is what I've experienced. So, you know, there may be some things that I noticed that I talked to you about, but please don't take it as me accusing you. I'm just trying to express myself. And, and both the male and the female in the relationship have got to have that freedom to express themselves. So like right now, yeah. right now, I, I have a lot of female friends, um, but surprisingly, I'm still single. And I, I will talk, I will talk with these, you know, I'll talk with my friends at all hours of the day and night. You know, I'm a night owl. I only sleep a couple hours a night. So it's not uncommon for me to have a conversation with somebody at three o'clock in the morning. Now, if, if I start dating, whether here in my city or long distance or whatever, if I, if I start a relationship, those conversations stop because it's yeah. disrespectful even if the person i'm dating is like oh i trust you don't worry about it or you know maybe they'll never find out whatever it's disrespectful so don't call me or text me before 10 in the morning don't call and text me after nine o'clock at night you know and my friends understand this and they would respect it but you know again to back to the man ministering to the to the woman you know those are things that the man's got to be willing to do He's got to be able to listen and he has to have created a safe place so she can even tell him there's a problem. A lot of times, a lot of times women, in my opinion, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not a woman, um, but they don't feel safe to express themselves. And so they won't. So the man can't minister because he hasn't created a safe place to begin with. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. That's good. that's good. I think that's good. And I brought that up because I think and feel um, wholeheartedly that men and women really need to search themselves deep down and and look at the different fears that they have or look at the different things that they have while dating that you might not even bring up to the one that you're getting ready to marry or the one that you're hoping to get married because if the atmosphere hasn't been set for it to be safe, mm-hmm you know, then I'm not going to bring it up. Right. And I'm going, I'm hoping that it, it never comes up, but you know, life happens and of course triggers. Um, and so I think there are times where we really need to sit down with ourselves and see, Hey, guess what? There's some areas that you need to be healed in before you actually think about walking down the aisle and saying, I do. Right. You know, Oh, I think, I, I think on that point that that's where that communication comes in in the beginning. And sometimes you, you, you have to approach that very prayerfully mm-hmm. <laughs> on what you share and when, because sometimes, you know, it's best to talk about all of that stuff before marriage. You don't want to get blinded by, you know, what do you mean? You know, you don't want kids because you were touched as a little girl and now we're married and I want children, but you have this hang up because you're scared something's going to happen if you have mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. That's a conversation that should have been had in the right. dating phase. So now he's stuck and, and a prisoner in the marriage, you know, because he wants children and you don't, you know. So I think when we talk about those types of things, it's beneficial, you know, to the marriage because that's when you are creating that safe right. space. However, you have to be prayerful on who you're releasing that information to because a lot of times, in my case, I was very, I'm always very transparent about my past and things I've dealt with because, you know, you need to know this stuff mm-hmm. and I need you to know, so you, know <laughs> you know, what not to do as far as what's, what's my triggers. Um, but that stuff was in, in turn turned around and used against me. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so 
<laughs> yeah, so it's you have to be so prayerful when you are dating. Like, okay, God, you are you ready for me to release this part? You know, of my really? past or this part? Not everything in your testimony needs and to be on your resume. No, right, right, right. And and that's the thing, you know, because sometimes you know it's not a matter of keeping something from a person, but you feel like, well, if if I did it or I went through it and God healed me and he brought me through it as a testimony, you know, he forgave me. I forgive myself while we, you know, got to go there. But those also the things that we just, people want to know about. You right. Know, you want to know who you're you with. Know who yeah. you're and what people, yeah. You want to know. So you have to think, have a balance and you only get to that point by prayer. But overall, I think it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. I know for me, because I've I've been single seven years now, um, and you know divorced and and went through it, <laughs> so I'm kind of on the other side of you know the as far as the healing process, you know I'm, I'm good, but at the same time I had to get to a point where, like you said, you have to look at that person in the mirror and you have to be willing to say, okay, with this with this relationship with this marriage, you know I'm I'm gonna. You have to dissect, what did I do? What did I say? How could I have, you know, changed the situation? And once you've done that, you have to basically eat the fish and spit out the bones. Mm-hmm. This was things that I should, you know, need to work on in this now single stage. Because I feel like, look, if we weren't single, we wouldn't be all here having this conversation at uh, whatever time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, it's purpose in it. It's purpose in right. it. But I think once we look, take that time to look in the mirror, and we reach that single and satisfied point and we're content to say, God, you know what? You know, being single is not so bad. Yes, I wish I had a spouse here for whatever, whatever, whatever reason. We all have our reasons. But at the end of the day, if that's what you want for me, that's what I want. If not, then help me to be content with where I am because, you know, I want what you want for me. Mm-hmm. And I think once we reach that point <laughs> that, God, I just want what you want, our lists go out the window, all the stuff in the baggage go out the window, because it's like none of that matters if we're lining our will up with what God wants mm-hmm. for us. And I mm-hmm. think when we get to that content spot, then we give him something to work with. You know what I mean? But if we're mm-hmm. still worried about who we went through, what we went through, and who we went through it with, and what that person did, and how oh, maybe if I would have did X, Y, and Z, the coulda, shoulda, would us, we'll still be together. It, you have to get past all of right. that stuff. Because, yeah. you know, that's, that's the baggage that God is like, no, you're still single because I still need you to unpack this bag over here in this corner that's mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. <laughs> You still got some cobwebs yeah. over here. This is part of your heart. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think that's good. I was had a conversation with a male friend the other day and I was telling him, I said, this is how I know when people aren't healed from their past relationships is when you go and you're listening to them talk and they're talking about everything that they did. They never tell you what they did in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how much they did this, they did that, they did this, but you never tell me nothing. So you was just perfect in the the relationship. Oh, you you didn't do nothing wrong. Oh, okay. So that's when I know that this person really needs to go and get healed. Mm-hmm. Because you're still carrying the hurt. Because like you said, even before I got, um, I can say married, Lord Jesus, we're going we, to claim marriage. Um, but uh, <laughs> before I gave my life to Christ in the relationship I was in, it was very, it was abusive emotionally and um, other ways. And 
But even after I gave my life to Christ, God began to minister to me even in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And he began to show me things that if we were married, you know, you need to learn to submit a little more. You need to learn to do this. You still dealing with this from your childhood, this, this, and this. And I had to get to a point where not only did I go and ask him to forgive me because he didn't make me stay in it. And then I had to go and look in the mirror and forgive myself Mm -hmm. because I felt as though I needed to stay. I felt as though I wasn't worthy to leave and Mm -hmm. that I was going to be worse off you know, like the, like the children in Israel. I want to turn around and go eat my onions and leeks. You know, <laughs> I don't want to get us up. So, um, you know, I, we have to get to a point and when you're single, where you're forgiving yourself mm-hmm. and forgiving them and really mean it from your heart. And so that you are able to be open and vulnerable to whoever you're in relationship with now. And I think um, something you had said about, you know, being prayerful with who you expose your information to. You, I, I believe that if I'm having a conversation with you and I'm vulnerable and this person is never vulnerable with nothing, that's not the person I need to expose anything to, you know. And then there are some times where um, there are just some things that I'm not going to release unless I am married, because I believe that, you know, you, then you will become my secret keeper. I can't, mm. I, I have to believe that you're my secret keeper. And before I say I do, we are, this for me, we're going to be best friends. So I know my best friend is not going to disclose any info and he, he's not going to use it against me. He so shouldn't. Like, he should Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we're hoping and praying that, you know, we don't marry Patty me. Right. Because I did. <laughs> so yeah. I have to, you know, just keeping it real, being transparent. And it's not to, you know, down him or talk about him because, like I said, I'm on the other other side of my healing and I pray for him every day. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't change my experience or now the experience I will have when I meet whoever God has because that's, mm-hmm. that, that's one of those things where, like, uh, Dr. Gary said the, the person has to be willing to say listen you know she may have some walls up and now I know why I have to kind of cater to her to get those walls to come down she may not be so open to share things with me so quickly and it's not that she's hiding stuff it's just she she now has to build up that trust because this X, Y, and Z happened and, and it's true enough it's yes. not to make this man pay for whatever he did but I think with everything comes a lesson. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once you mm-hmm. learn that, that lesson and you get peace from that lesson, you don't let anything yes. interrupt that peace, like anything or anybody. So for me, it's going to be, I'm I'm quick to tell people when, you know, I meet them and it's, it's a running joke with me with my friends because, you know, they'll be like, oh, I think such and such like you, you know, give them a chance. Stop being mean. Everybody think I'm so mean. And it's like, I'm not mean. I just, I want what God wants and I know what I'm not going to fall for again. I, you can't take me back down those roads. You know what I mean? So it's the joke is, right. well, if they can make it past two weeks, they good with her. And I literally had somebody recently try to talk to me and I kid you not, on the 13th day, <laughs> something happened and I was like, yep, yep, nope, you're not him. <laughs> and so they 
So it's like so funny because they'll be like, oh, you, you still talking to him? Well, it's only been a week. Give it another week. We'll see. <laughs> no, make it past two weeks. But it's so funny. Oh, man. I said the real one going to make it past two weeks, two months, two years. He's going to be good. But, you know, yeah. I think we just have to know those triggers and know, you know, the, know, like you said, our baggage. I don't like to call it baggage because I really feel like that's the stuff that we're single because God is meaning for us to impact that stuff and let him deal with it. Um, so mm-hmm. for me, I tell people up front, yeah, your girl got trust issues. Um, and it's not the kind of trust issues where I'm sitting up waiting for you to fall asleep to go through your phone to see who you're texting and talking to. I don't have that kind of time in a day thing wow. called the holy ghost he gonna show me that anyway <laughs> so that's not my struggle you know mm-hmm. not no 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 kick to the women that do that's just that's not my thing my trust issues came from can uh, you know if we marry and can i sleep comfortably at night without having to sleep with one hour and thinking that i ain't gonna make it to the morning i need to know that right. i have though i need to know that my i can trust you around my kids you know i have those kind of trust mm-hmm. so you know, I think because I'm so transparent when it comes to that, and I'm like, it's reasons why. Once they hear the reasons, they be like, oh, okay, now I see where you're coming from. All right, then, you know, I ain't judging. <laughs> but, you know, really, right. I, those walls are up for a reason. And so I don't apologize for that because I'm like, had I had those kind of walls up before my last marriage and relationship, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have went through the things that I went through. So, Mm-hmm. That was my lesson in that. So I think that the the man that's coming, he's gonna be it's gonna be a method to the madness. He's gonna understand those walls and he's gonna be anointed to get past those mm-hmm. because God is gonna give him that anointing. And you know, so I don't that's worry right. About it. Now well, I'll, I'll say this: you. I know, I know, the, I know. The Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Um, you know, so I don't expect the women to mm-hmm. go out looking and chasing. But ladies, it is okay. Ladies, it is okay to let us men know that you're feeling us and you want us to try to break down those walls. It's okay to give us a little bit of notice and not leave us clueless and and, and running around. Like, you know, I know so many people that are like, well, I'm not going to go looking for no man. Well, I'm not asking you to look for a man, but shoot, if you like him, let him know. Cause, cause sometimes ladies, right, the way you right. carry yourselves, um, makes it very difficult for us to approach you. Not because it's not a fear of rejection necessarily. It's that we don't want to be like every other thirsty dude that's tried to talk to you. And the women do mm. that way too, though. Okay. <laughs> well, at least some of us. Right. We don't want to come off as thirsty. And I think that's why most of, you know, at least christian seasoned women are more old school like that that mm-hmm. you know the man the man is supposed to chase or enjoy the chase of and i ain't saying make the brother run hey listen like, i don't you know, mind running if i know you like me you, you know what i'm saying like like <laughs> but but, but, but i don't but i don't want to i don't want to spend my time chasing someone who's running away it's a whole lot easier okay so if i'm chasing somebody that's running away from me i might never catch them but but if they doing a, a little a little brisk walk, maybe, you know, they like they want to be caught. Like if I'm chasing somebody that doesn't want to be caught by me, I'm never going to chase. Them. You know, I'm never going to catch them. Mm-hmm. But if they want to be caught, you know, let me know. Yeah. Let me know that I'm not just running to run. I think, 
Right, right. I get what you're saying. And that that is something we've, we've touched on several times with my group, that it is okay for the woman to to make the first move and it, it's not looked at as she's being forward or saucy or what have you. Um, I think for me personally, I kind of shy away from that time. And I think that I'll say it, I'll say it like this because everybody has a little flirt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> but for me, I think I shy away from, hey, you want to go out? Or, hey, you know, I, I shy away from doing that for one because I, I do believe, I am old school and do believe that the man should make the first move. Um, I have that fear of rejection. I don't ever want to put myself me out too. there. And then, you know what I'm well, saying? It's, right. Oh, it's not my No, 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 I, I get that. that. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this. I think most, you know, most of the time it's not really like, you know, if, if you're making the quote unquote first move, it's not really that you're outside of being old school or being traditional. Cause I'm, I like to be very traditional. I think the man should take the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we should be, there's a lot of things we should be doing simple things, even like opening the car door. If I pull up to a gas station, right. like, even if you're yeah, driving exactly. and I'm in your passenger seat, and even if we're not dating, you're just a female friend of mine. You're not pumping the gas. Like that's just, that's just how right. I was brought up. Um, that's a deal breaker but, for well, me. Open well you know it's 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 one of these things where so you know i remember talking to a friend of mine and i said well let me ask you a question i said ladies do you like when a man plans it or gives you an option and she goes both i said excuse me I said, what do you mean both? I said, how am I supposed to plan it but want to give you an option? She goes, have two plans ready to go and present me both options. I said, oh, that makes sense. You know, so instead of going, hey, where do you want to eat? You know what? Hey, I was thinking maybe we could catch a movie. We can go to such and such restaurant. Or, hey, how about we go grab dinner at this place and then we can go down by the water and just take a walk and chill. You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever the case may be. You know, so like there's there's a lot of things that I believe, you know, that men should do. Men should take their role and we should find a wife, which means we have to be actively pursuing. And and but making the first move sometimes is just that little bit of flirt to let the man know that you even are into him and that you like him and that it wouldn't be unwelcomed, you know, if they did you know, try to talk to you or invite you out or whatever the case may be. Now me, I'm hard headed. So I'll tell you a little story. I was real good friends with this girl and I liked her a lot, but I I thought she was, she was into somebody else. So we're talking one night and I say, you know what? I said, why don't you introduce me to one of your friends? And she says, what? I said, put me on one of your friends, like for real. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, birds of a feather, right? I said, you know, you got to know somebody and be cool with somebody that's like you. You know, I said, why don't you introduce me to him? And she's like, yeah, you do need to get with somebody like me. I said, exactly. She goes, yeah, like me. And I said, exactly. That's what I I said. That's what I'm saying. Somebody like you. And she's like, are you really this thick? And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, I like you. You should get with me. And I was like, oh, Oh, man. See, I'm hard headed. I'm (laughs) hard headed. Like you got to if you're going to shoot your shot, you need to hit me in the head with a brick. Cause, cause just because wow, of what it, because yeah. I've, what I've been through because of how long I've been single, 
you know, because of where some of my areas of focus are, a lot of times it goes right over my head. And that's why I say it's okay to let us know you like us. It's, it's okay because some of us are like that. And that's not that you're chasing us or that you're asking us out, you know, but spark up the conversation, you know, just, and that might in itself open the door. So, cause some of us are hard headed. Like I, I didn't, I didn't have a clue. So, so let me ask you a question talking about that. So I get, you had, you touched on the point about um, sometimes men don't want to approach, approach mm-hmm. us due to different reasons. I have gotten, um, Brianna, it's hard to approach you. Mm. And I'm like, why? Why is it hard to approach me? What am I doing? You know? And they're like, because, I mean, you just have this, it's this thing about it. Nobody can ever tell me what this <laughs> thing is. Um, but, <laughs> and it's so. It's that annoying girl. I, uh, <laughs> they know they can't true. play. <laughs> oh gosh. And so I've had men that would literally stare, st- stand in my face and stare, mm-hmm. and I'm I get irritated. And I'm like, what are you looking at? What do you want to say? You know, and so I'm like, now I'm kind of getting to a point where do I say something to them? Maybe because whatever this thing is that keeps people from approaching me, you know, men from approaching me. Maybe I need to break the ice and say something, you know, and, but then there's this thing on the inside of me again, that feels like, because let me just to give you a little bit of of background. Mm -hmm. So I'm a single mom Mm -hmm. and I've had to be the mother, the father, the the, the mechanic, Mm -hmm. the plumber, you know, Right. And so, you know, I tell people, I when I do get married, I ain't driving no car. Right. I ain't doing nothing. Don't I, I ain't I ain't touching no doors. Um, so for me, I have this thing on the inside of me that's, that feels as though I approach you. Then it, I feel like I'm chasing you. I think that's perspective yeah. though. Like I was, I was talking on my, on my other stream earlier tonight um, in reference to certain things in the church, we hear a certain word or a certain term and we automatically put our perspective and our definition on it, you know, as like a covering. Well, a lot of people hear covering and they automatically think mm-hmm. denomination, business transactions, checks and balances. They don't think mentorship, leadership, development, mm-hmm. growth, you know, as far as that's mm-hmm. concerned, because that's what their experience is. You know, breaking the ice with somebody isn't chasing somebody. It's it's just that it's breaking the ice like you would with mm-hmm. any other conversation um, or with any other person. And mm-hmm. maybe that that breaking the ice is what that individual needs to just talk to you. You know, maybe maybe they're hesitant mm-hmm. to talk mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. You know, maybe it's the anointing. Maybe they're intimidated. Maybe they didn't have they don't have the best intentions and they're like they're really um you know, really fixated on you, you know, they might find something about you attractive, whether it be physical or the way you carry yourself or or whatever the case may be. And, and they also might be hesitant because they don't feel like they have a shot. You know, it's like, man, Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't deserve to even talk to somebody like that. Believe it or not, men feel that way. Even the most confident of men, you know, sometimes feel that way. Like we, we just, sit back and it's like you know we we all have the how do i want to say it we all have a mount everest uh from a relationship experience Mm -hmm. and and the thought of attaining that 
is amazing, but the process to get there is terrifying. You know, because, you know, do I have to, because if I feel like I have to be somebody different to gain your attention and I can't just be me, I know I'm not going to be able to maintain it. So I probably won't even tell you hello. You know, honestly, Mm -hmm. even though I might really, really be interested in you, you know, I might be afraid to start or I might think that you're in a relationship, you know, just Mm -hmm. no reason other than my assumption, because, man, you're amazing. Why would you not be with somebody? (laughs) And Uh, I've had people say that to me like a lot. I think for me, um, I get friend zoned a lot. And I've asked, like, my male friends, we have a lot of male friends that, like, people just like to talk to me. Just, you know, ask me questions, pick my brain, <laughs> get advice. You know, I'm a, I'm a whole life coach out here, like, whether I want to be or not. <laughs> um, so I've asked, like, I've asked my male friends, like, what is it? Because, you know, when you hear things like, you're, su- you're so beautiful, you're such a great mom. Oh, any man will be glad to have you. Your wifey material. Oh, your first lady material. I've gotten that one a lot. And I'd be like, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's an office within itself. I'm not ready for all of that, but you know, hey. <laughs> but um, I get that a lot, and I'm like, so why does men, you know, they can find a woman they, that the 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 chemistry is there. You know, you shower her with compliments. I've even had them buy gifts. You know, and it's not that they're trying to push up on me. It's just you know they value my friendship. But they don't go past the So why do, why do women ever. do it, though? Women do the same thing. <laughs> but, well, we, from what we, I was We told. be out here being the whole man that they wishing and praying for, talking about, <laughs> man, I'm waiting for God to send them to me. Because <laughs> I, think, mm. I think that is it, it gets to a point where, I don't know, for women, it's like, I'm not going to say anything if he doesn't because I don't want to look thirsty. And for the man, it's like, okay, well, I, I think she liked me. I'm waiting on her to say something. But I was told that if a woman friend zones a man, it's because she's not attracted to him in that way. And I asked mm-hmm. men, you know, okay, well, why do you guys friend zone a woman, but you have all these high things that you think about her? And from what a couple of them said to me is because they can see you and know you have yourself together. They know how much you love God. They know you don't play like that and they don't have the best intentions. So what they'll do with a woman in the street they won't try you with that because they value who you are. For some, and that's like, probably true. So I'm protecting because love mm. the Lord. Like really? Um, because that's not gonna change. <laughs> you know, so I just finally stopped questioning it. Um, you know, and I just I think it's funny at this point because it's like, oh yep, you go. Yeah. So I wanna say two things <laughs> to that. Um I'm sorry. Were you still No, talking? go ahead. No, no. So I want to say two things to that. Um, the friend that for me, I can speak being transparent. So I had a situation where um, it was this guy and we're still friends today, but I tried to put him with somebody else. And he asked me, he said, why would you do that? Because I wanted to date you. And I said, because I don't think you deserve somebody like me. I'm a, I'm, you know, you're very sophisticated. I'm a little hood. So, you know, when I, preference, you know, I'm kind of right. And I'm like, I'm kind of raw when I talk. And so, you know, and we, even in professional settings, I say what I have to say. And, and it is what it is. And so I said, you for where you're going and the things that you do, I think you need a very 
a woman that is very sophisticated. And he said, why aren't you sophisticated? Hmm. And I said, I mean, yeah, my dress, but you know, when it's time to get down dirty, I, uh, that dress is probably gonna come off and put some pants on Take the earrings and I'm gonna get down dirty. You know, and yeah, you know, so he was there, he, he just couldn't, he said, you just don't know who you are um, because you'll make any man happy, and I was, you know, but that's me. That's how I feel. I don't feel as though I could be with a man that is very uh, fluent in his language, his, I say jargon, um, because I'm gonna be sitting there and I'm gonna use probably the simplest of words and I have degrees, but I'm gonna still probably use the simplest of words, you know? And I'm like, I might look at him and say, why you gotta use that big long word? <laughs> you know, ain't no, don't nobody, you know, you hear me saying, ain't, ain't nobody know what you talking about. Um, so, but I dated a man that he told me on the third date, he said to me, he said, Brianna, I respect you too much. I mm. can't date you. Mm. I said, what? <laughs> he said, I respect you too much. I can't date you. But he was one of my closest. I mean, we went to the movie. He, he, he was a space filler. He took me to the movies. We talked about the word. We, I mean, it was great. But we were only friends. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yeah. I, I know that all so well. You know the danger with that, and, and I'm going to share this, the reason why, you know, and I'm cool with it. Like, my friends, like I said, they're, they're, I'm cool with all of that. You know, I don't push the issue. And I've had this conversation, mm -hmm. so they know. <laughs> but the danger with when you have two people that, you know, vibe like that, and they're just friends. Um, I had a best friend who, it was so crazy. He, he he was from your neck of the woods, Pastor Gary. He lives okay. in New York. Um, we met through a business transaction online. He was a clothing designer. Um, and I saw their, their garments online and wanted to order. And he happened to be the one that answered the phone the day that I called to make the order. We clicked and stayed in contact with each other after that for 17 years. In that 17 year span, I only saw him face to face one weekend and that was when I made a trip to New York. That was it. The mm -hmm. best of friends. I mean, like I knew him like the back of my hand. He knew me like the back of his hand. He was the best friend for 17 years. And then that, that, that 17th year, which was 2016, um, he had called me that year. He had to go home. He was from Nigeria and he called me and said, um, you know, told me he was going home to take care of some things with his family over there. And then he called me from over there and he got sick. He got sick while he was there, but he called me and he was like, you know, when I get well enough to travel back, I'm not even going to New York. I'm coming straight to Florida because we have a conversation we need to have. And I was like, what are you talking mm -hmm. about? And he was like, no more this cat mouse game. You know, both of us know what this is. We've, you've been my best friend for all these years. You know, we need to talk. We need to finally take this to the next level. And I didn't believe him. I was just like, what? <laughs> so I was like, he's like, I'm serious. I'm coming to Florida. I was like, oh, okay. That's all right. I'll be waiting to talk. He never made it back because he, he ended up passing away in Nigeria. Oh, and no. yeah, he, he, he was on dialysis. The, the, the electricity went out in the hospital and he mm. the dialysis. And I found out on Facebook 
and I had talked to him six days before this happened. And I was like completely devastated, like devastated. So, you know, in my mind, it was like, dang, like, was he the one that just, I just let get away? You know what I mean? Like, was that my soulmate? And then I know, you know, we never went past the friend zone until he had that conversation and kind of opened me up to that. And, you know, it's, so the danger with that is, okay, if you do, like, if, like Pastor Gary was saying, are feeling someone like that, then you really should tell them because, you know, at the point where you actually want it to happen, it may be too late. Because that's what happened, you know. So that that was a lesson in that for me. So you know, with these, yeah. with these friendships, I you know I, I I don't throw caution to the wind. You know, I value all my friends. You know, you know that I have all my friendships. But you know, I look at stuff like that. Well, like okay, well God, you know what? <laughs> if, if 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 this is the person, and I'm just looking at them as a friend, don't let me miss it. You know, don't don't let either one of us miss it. And I think that's right that's good that's good well i have enjoyed talking to you guys and i'm hoping maybe we can get back on here and do a part two um i don't know how y'all i definitely do that um i'm talking to it i would be open (laughs) yeah yeah okay so Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Again, go to the description and you can find all the information that you are in need of for our guests. Thank you and we'll see you next week. Good night. Thank you for joining us and don't forget to subscribe and share. Thank you for your support and don't forget, if you'd like to show your support, you can find the link in the description. Join our online community via Facebook at Woman to Woman Inspire. We love you and remember, you are an inspiration. See you next Tuesday.